Section 7 of The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 7. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Pam Castile. The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 7 by Anonymous. Translated by Richard Francis Burton. Section 7 When it was the six hundred and fifty-fifth night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that when the married envoy of Muraash was borne before Barkan and said to him, O my lord, my master hath sent me to thee to learn tidings of thee, Barkan replied, Return to thy lord and say to him, this is thy cousin Barkan, who is come to salute thee. So the messenger went back and told Muraash, who said to Garib, Sit thou on thy throne, whilst I go and salute my cousin and return to thee. Then he mounted and rode to the camp of his uncle's son. Now this was a trick of Barkan, to bring Muraash out and seize upon him and he said to his marids whom he had stationed about him when ye see me embrace him lay hold of him and pinion him and they replied to hear is to obey so when king muraash came up and entered barkan's pavilion the owner rose to him and threw his arms round his neck whereat the jinn fell upon muraash and pinioned him and chained him Muraash looked at Barkan and said, What manner of thing is this? Quoth Barkan, O dog of the jinn, wilt thou leave the faith of thy fathers and grandfathers and enter a faith thou knowest not? Rejoined Muraash, O son of my uncle, indeed i have found the faith of abraham the friend to be the true faith and all other than it vain asked barkan and who told thee of this and muraash answered garib king of iraq whom i hold in the highest honour by the right of the fire and the light and the shade and the heat cried barkan i will assuredly slay both thee and him, and he cast him into jail. Now when Muraash's henchman saw what had befallen his lord, he fled back to the city and told the king's legionnaires, who cried out and mounted. Quoth Garib, What is the matter? And they told him all that had passed, whereupon he cried out to Sahim, saddle me one of the chargers that king muraash gave me said sahim o my brother wilt thou do battle with the jinn garib replied yes i will fight them with the sword of japhet son of noah seeking help of the lord of abraham the friend on whom be the peace for he is the lord of all things and sole creator so Sahim saddled him a sorrel horse of the horses of the jinn, as he were a castle strong among castles, and he armed and mounting, rode out with the legions of the jinn, halbert cap a pie. 
then barkan and his hosts mounted also and the two hosts drew out in lines facing each other the first to open the gate of war was Skarib, who crave his steed into the midfield and barred the enchanted blade whence issued a glittering light that dazzled the eyes of all the jinn and struck terror to their hearts then he played with the sword till their wits were wildered and cried out saying allah akbar i am garib king of iraq there is no faith save the faith of abraham the friend now when barkan heard garib's words he said this is he who seduced my cousin from his religion so by the virtue of my faith i will not sit down on my throne till i have decapitated this garib and suppressed his breath of life and forced my cousin and his people back to their belief and whoso balketh me him will i destroy then he mounted an elephant paper-white as he were a tower plastered with gypsum and goaded him with a spike of steel which ran deep into his flesh whereupon the elephant trumpeted and made for the battle plain where cut and thrust obtained and when he drew near garib he cried out to him saying o dog of mankind what made thee come into our land to debauch my cousin and his folk and pervert them from one faith to other faith know that this day is the last of thy worldly days garib replied avaunt o vilest of the jinn therewith barkan drew a javelin and making it quiver in his hand cast it at garib but it missed him so he hurled a second javelin at him but garib caught it in mid-air and after poising it launched it at the elephant it smote him on the flank and came out on the other side whereupon the beast fell to the earth dead and barkan was thrown to the ground like a great palm-tree before he could stir garib smote him with the flat of japhet's blade on the nape of the neck and he fell upon the earth in a fainting fit whereupon the marids swooped down on him and surrounding him pinioned his elbows when barkan's people saw their king a prisoner they drove at the others seeking to rescue him but garib and the islamized jinn fell upon them and gloriously done for garib indeed that day he pleased the lord who answereth prayer and slaked his vengeance with the talisman sword whomsoever he smote he clove him in sunder and before his soul could depart he became a heap of ashes in the fire whilst the two hosts of the jinn shot each other with flaming meteors till the battlefield was wrapped in smoke and garib turned right and left among the kafirs who gave way before him till he came to king barkan's pavilion with kalajan and kurajan on his either hand and cried out to them loose your lord so they unbound muraash and broke his fetters and and shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased to say her permitted say when it was the six hundred and fifty-sixth night she continued it hath reached me o auspicious king 
that when King Garib cried out to Kalajan and Kirajan, saying, Loose your lord, they unbound Muraash and broke his fetters, and he said to them, Bring me my arms and my winged horse. Now he had two flying steeds, one of which he had given to Garib, and the other he had kept for himself, and this he mounted after he had donned his battle-harness. Then he and Garib fell upon the enemy, flying through the air on their winged horses, and the true believing jinn followed them, shouting, Allahu Akbar! God is most great! Till plains and hills, valleys and mountains, reworded the cry. The infidels fled before them, and they returned, after having slain more than thirty thousand marids and satans to the city of Japhet, where the two kings sat down on their couches of estate, and sought Barkan, but found him not, for after capturing him they were diverted from him by stress of battle, where an ifrit of his servants made his way to him, and loosing him, carried him to his folk, of whom he found part slain, and the rest in full flight. So he flew up with the king high in air, and sat him down in the city of Carnelian, and castle of gold, where Barkan seated himself on the throne of his kingship. Presently those of his people who had survived the affair came in to him, and gave him joy of his safety. And he said, O folk, where is safety? My army is slain, and they took me prisoner, and have rent in pieces mine honour among the tribes of the jinn. Quoth they, O king, tis ever thus that kings still afflict and are afflicted. Quoth he, There is no help but I take my reek and wipe out my shame, else shall I be for ever disgraced among the tribes of the jinn. Then he wrote letters to the governors of his fortresses, who came to him right loyally, and when he received them he found three hundred and twenty thousand fierce marids and satans who said to him, What is thy need? And he replied, Get ye ready to set out in three days' time, whereto they rejoined, hearkening and obedience. On this wise it befell King Barkan, but as regards Muraash, when he discovered his prisoner's escape, it was grievous to him, and he said, Had we set a hundred marids to guard him, he had not fled, but whither shall he go from us? Then said he to Garib, Know, O my brother, that Barkan is perfidious, and will never rest from wreaking blood revenge on us, but will assuredly assemble his legions, and return to attack us. Wherefore I am minded to forestall him, and follow the trail of his defeat, whilst he is yet weakened thereby. Replied Garib, this is the right reed, and will best serve our need. And Muraash said, O oh, my brother, let the Marids bear thee back to thine own country, and leave me to fight the battles of the faith against the infidels, that I may be lightened of my sin-load. But Garib rejoined, By the virtue of the clement, the bountiful, the valor, 
I will not go hence till I do to death all the misbelieving jinn. And Allah hasten their souls to the fire and dwelling place dire. And none shall be saved but those who worship Allah the One, the Victorious. But do thou send Sahim back to the city of Oman, so haply he may be healed of his ailment. For Sahim was sick. So Murash cried to the Marids, saying, Take ye up Sahim and these treasures, and bear them to Oman city. And after replying, We hear and we obey, they took them and made for the land of men. Then Murash wrote letters to all his governors and captains of fortresses, and they came to him with an hundred and sixty thousand warriors. So they made them ready and departed for the city of Cornelian and the castle of gold, covering in one day a year's journey, and halted in a valley where they encamped and passed the night. Next morning, as they were about to set forth, behold, the vanguard of Barkan's army appeared, whereupon the jinn cried out, and the two hosts met and fell each upon other in that valley. Then the engagement was dight, and there befell a sore fight, as though an earthquake shook the sight, and fair plight waxed foul plight. Earnest came, and jest took flight, and parley ceased twixt white and white, whilst long lives were cut short in a trice, and the unbelievers fell into disgrace and despite. For Gharib charged them, proclaiming the unity of the worshipful, the all-might, and sure through necks and left heads rolling in the dust. Nor did night betide before nigh seventy thousand of the miscreants were slain, and of the Moslemized over ten thousand Marids had fallen, then the kettle-drums beat the retreat, and the two hosts drew apart and Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased saying her permitted say. When it was the six hundred and fifty-seventh night, she resumed, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that when the two hosts drew apart, Garib and Murash returned to their tents, after wiping their weapons, and supper being set before them, they ate and gave each other joy of their safety, and the loss of their merits being so small. As for Barkan, he returned to his tent, grieving for the slaughter of his champions, and said to his officers, O folk, and we tarry here and do battle with them on this wise, in three days' time we shall be cut off to the last white. Quoth they, And how shall we do, O king? Quoth Barkan, We will fall upon them under cover of night, whilst they are deep in sleep, and not one of them shall be left to tell the tale. So take your arms, and when I give the word of command, attack and fall on your enemies as one. Now there was amongst them a Marid named Jandal, whose heart inclined to al-Islam. So when he heard the Kafir's plot, he stole away from them, and going in to King Murash and King Garib, told the twain what Barkan had devised. Whereupon Murash turned to Garib and said to him, O oh, my brother, what shall we do? Garib replied, 
to-night we will fall upon the miscreants and chase them into the wilds and the woods if it be the will of the omnipotent king then he summoned the captains of the jinn and said to them arm yourselves you and yours and as soon as tis dark steal out of your tents on foot hundreds after hundreds and lie in ambush among the mountains and when ye see the enemy engaged among the tents do ye fall upon them from all quarters hearten your hearts and rely on your lord and ye shall certainly conquer and behold i am with you so as soon as it was dark night the infidels attacked the camp invoking aid of the fire and light but when they came among the tents the moslems fell upon them calling for help on the lord of the worlds and saying o most merciful of mercifuls o creator of all createds till they left them like mown grass cut down and dead nor did morning dawn before the most part of the unbelievers were species without souls and the rest made for the waste and marshes whilst Garib and Mura'ash returned triumphant and victorious, and making prize of the enemy's baggage, they rested till the morrow, when they set out for the city of Carnelian and castle of gold. As for Barkan, when the battle had turned against him, and most of his lieges were slain, he fled through the dark with the remnant of his power to his capital, where he entered his palace, and assembling his legionaries, said to them, O folk, whoso hath aught of price, let him take it, and follow me to the mountain Kaf, to the blue king, lord of the pied palace, for he it is who shall avenge us. So they took their women and children and goods, and made for the Caucasus mountains. Presently, Murash and Garib arrived at the city of Carnelian and Castle of Gold, to find the gates open, and none left to give them news. Whereupon they entered, and Murash led Garib that he might show him the city, whose walls were builded of emeralds and its gates of red carnelian, with studs of silver, and the terrace roofs of its houses and mansions reposed upon beams of lime aloes and sandalwood so they took their pleasure in its streets and alleys till they came to the palace of gold and entering passed through seven vestibules when they drew near to a building whose walls were of royal ballast rubies and its pavement of emerald and jacinth the two kings were astounded at the goodliness of the place and fared on from vestibule to vestibule till they had passed through the seventh and happened upon the inner court of the palace wherein they saw four daisies each different from the others and in the midst a jetting font of red gold compassed about with golden lions from whose mouths issued water these were things to daze man's wit the estrade at the upper end was hung and carpeted with brocaded silks of various colours and thereon stood two thrones of red gold inlaid with pearls and jewels so Murash and garib sat down on barkan's thrones and held high state in the palace of gold 
and Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased to say her permitted say. End of section seven. Recording by Pam Castile.